0: Wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of the lions. And of course, it lists several other things in the verses that follow. But uh, that first statement there, through faith, through faith, that's what we're dealing with here. And um, we, we dealt with this first statement a little bit last week, and I don't know that we finished, but uh, we'll, we'll go as. As far as the Lord allows here tonight, if we need to, we'll pick it up again. But I just uh, I feel uh, the will of the Lord in this, and so we want to continue with this study through faith. Would you lift up your voices once again with me, and let's pray for the Lord to touch us tonight. and Help us <clears throat> to anoint his word, to touch our hearts by the power of his word, to strengthen us. Help us, O oh God, to be touched by you strengthened by you're aware of every need that is here tonight and i'm praying god that you would minister to the needs that are in this congregation i'm praying god that you would touch the hearts of people that have gathered here and i pray god that your presence would touch us and help us to be stronger for you in jesus name we pray and the church said amen thank you for standing you may be seated now we, we talked about last week the the fundamental element of faith in our lives and that without faith we know that it's impossible to please God. In fact, this whole chapter that we're reading from, if we was to read through this, it, it's talking about by faith and through faith. And I know our subject here tonight is through faith. And uh, I I understand that there's some things that can come to me only through faith in the kingdom of God. Uh, You know, it's not just um, my will, uh, and it's not even just it being God's will. But the medium for obtaining God's will in my life is to have faith in God and in his word. That's what brings the supply of God's promises in my life. And so we we dealt with, through faith, they subdued kingdoms. And we talked about physical kingdoms in the Old Testament and how that these are examples to us of what we deal with today and spiritual kingdoms that are built up. And we know that uh, the enemy is concerned with taking territory or, if we could say it this way, taking up space, not necessarily physical property or land as we think of it, but space in our minds that he doesn't really deserve to occupy. But we allow him sometimes to occupy. Space that uh, causes us to give way to temptation, causes us to be open to his attack. And uh, we know that there is uh, something characteristic about the enemy, and that is, is once he occupies a space, that he has to be dethroned. Uh, that kingdom, as it was, has to be subdued. And he will not just calmly dismiss himself, but he has to be forced to, Uh, He has to be overcame, as it were. And I suppose this territorial instinct, it's, it's in a lot of different things. We see examples of it in wildlife. The bear, the moose, the elk, the deer, they all have territorial natures. They lay claim to space and they feel that it's theirs and it belongs to them. Their boundaries are well marked. And uh, they do not want them to be violated by other species. And if they are by chance violated, they are willing to bring uh, the fight and maybe the conflict uh, to those that would threaten their territory. And it maybe even would result in death. They're willing to fight to the death of an intruder that would come in on that territory. They lay claim to it and they're willing to defend their possession. And this is known as a territorial instinct. Well, can I tell you tonight that the devil and evil spirits that work with him, they have a territorial instinct as well. The powers of hell are working to overpower everyone and to lay claim on anyone that will allow them to. He operates with no restraints. There's no limits, no guidelines. There's no principles. Uh, It's a winner takes all. And he's willing to do whatever uh, to find a a foothold, a stronghold is what we call it, uh, in people's hearts and minds. And uh, he works through intimidation. He works through... Basically a bluff. And at some point or another, you've got to be willing as a child of God to call the enemy's bluff. You've got to be willing to stand up to that intimidation of the enemy. Uh, some of you might remember, I think I've told the story once before of a preacher that I know that one afternoon he was going out, or one morning rather, he was going out uh, to get the morning's newspaper. He had poured a cup of coffee and uh, he was going to read the morning's newspaper. And so he went out and when he come around his house to go down to the drive where the paper had been thrown out, he realized that there was a stray dog that was standing in his yard. And it kind of snarled at him and its hair bristled and and he said my first reaction was to run back inside to a place of safety. My first reaction was to run from the dog. And he said as I turned to run I I suddenly realized, "Hey, this is my house. This is my property. This is my lawn, this is my land, this is my place. I pay the taxes. I pay the payment on this house." And this is my home. And uh, this old stray dog that just wandered up here, he doesn't have a right to be here. I'm the one that is paid to have the right to live here. I'm the one that this belongs to. So if anybody's going to leave, it's not going to be me, but it's going to be him. And he said, I don't know where it came from. He said, I'm normally afraid of dogs, but he said, it just came over me. And he said, I just sort of just for a few moments lost my mind. And he said, I started running towards that dog, screaming and hollering, and face red, and eyes bulged out. And he said, I want you to get out of here. This is my land. This is my house. This is my property. This is, this is what I purchased. This is my belonging. This is not yours. You're a, you're a trespasser. Get out of here. He said, I don't know what the dog, if he understood English, but he could certainly tell that I was not afraid of him at least in the moment. And he said it was amazing what kind of effect that it had on the stray dog. He said he turned and began to run away with his tail tucked and whimper as he was running. And he found out that the the dog was really operating on a bluff. He was trying to intimidate. And I thought to myself, that's exactly how the enemy does. He tries to ward us off from the promises of God. He tries to keep us and hinder us from stepping into the things that God has for us and the potential that lies before us as children of God. And so often we allow Him to do that. So often we allow Him uh, to speak things into our minds or to intimidate us and tell us that we're not worthy. To tell us that we cannot achieve or that God is not hearing us or God does not want to fulfill his promise in our life. When in, in fact it's, it's not the truth but the opposite is true. Because the word of God tells us that as children of God there are some things that we can possess. As children of God there are some things that we can expect. If we're living for God and serving God there's some things that he wants and desires. And it's good, his good pleasure to give us according to the word of the Lord. We've got to understand that we are his. We're not just Johnny come lately, but we've been purchased with a price. The price that he paid was with his blood. He shed his blood at Calvary. And that blood is more powerful and has authority over sin. It has authority over the powers of the enemy. And we are able, through the power of the blood to receive the promises of God in our lives it's not in us, it's not what we've done it's not in anything we've accomplished it's not in the achievements that we have or that we can point to but it's through the help of God and having faith in the power of the work of Calvary how many has got faith that he's already paid the price how many has got faith that he's already did the work that needs to be done hallelujah hallelujah And so our victory comes down to how we see ourselves a lot of times. Come on, is it all right if I just be simplistic here tonight? How we see ourselves. If we see ourselves defeated, if we see ourselves lacking, if we see ourselves as worthless, if we see ourselves condemned, if we see ourselves as having to live beneath, Uh, or at an average or status quo just because uh, we don't have faith for anything more than that. You know, there used to be a song, If I Could Just Have a, a Cabin in the Corner of Glory. You know, that song's not really even biblical. I understand the concept there is that, you know, I'd be happy to go to heaven if I didn't have a mansion and I didn't have all of those things. And I think all of us could agree with that. Just seeing Jesus is going to be enough. But uh, the Bible does tell us that we're going to receive the blessing of all that pertains in heaven. And it's not because uh, of anything that we can do in ourselves, but it's our faith in God that is going to help us to achieve that reward. And we've got to live by faith every day of our lives and walk by faith in order to get there. And so faith is one of, those, one of those things that has to stay and must stay active in our lives. But a lot of times we, we don't see ourselves as children. We're like the children of Israel who looked at the giants and looked at the walled cities and looked at the challenges and they focused on the challenge. They focused on the opposition. They focused on what was wrong. Hey, we need not to focus on what is wrong and accentuate what is wrong and underscore what is wrong and totally get consumed with what is wrong. We need to start focusing on what is right with the church, what is right with the Word of God, what is right to, as uh, walking with God, what we can achieve and what we can become through the help of God. Hallelujah. So you understand things that I'm faced with, how I was raised. Uh, My my nature is to always turn towards the negative. Well, once you're born again of water and of spirit, you need to take on the nature of Christ. Amen. You need to forsake those doubts. You need to forsake those fears. You need to forsake that intimidation. You need to leave that condemnation behind you and understand that through faith, uh, there's things that God wants me to become in Him. I want to grow into the full measure. That's what the Scripture says of what He has for us. Praise God! And uh, so, a lot of times we're hung up in in our own perception of ourselves. Several years ago, they were going to. They, they, there was a little debate that there was all of the the, the coins that were omitted. And, and dollars that were mitted, paper money were uh, there was only uh, male figures presidents on them, and that there needed to be some representation of females. And so they came out with the Susan B. Anthony coin that was worth a dollar. The only problem was they made it the size of a quarter. And so when they made it the size of a quarter, it was worth a full dollar. But because it was the size of a quarter, many people mistook it to be the same. Or they had a hard time overcoming in their minds that because of its size being the same as a quarter, that it could be worth more than a quarter. I don't know why people got hung up on that, but it didn't do well because of that. And I begin to think about that, how that sometimes we see ourselves less than what we're really supposed to see ourselves as the church. I'm going to tell you the church is valuable to God. I said it's a valuable thing to God. And he gave all for it. And we need to see that value that he has for the church and have that type of appreciation for the church and realize God does, does want us to succeed. God does want us to overcome. God does want us uh, to become uh, everything that his word tells us and indicates that we can become. And the way that we do that is through faith and staying connected to him and in tune with him. Uh, a lot of times we let circumstances of life and situations of life break that connection. And so oftentimes we find ourselves from week to week trying to repair that connection, trying to go back and and get reconnected all the time. You know, it seems like, and I understand the concept of renewal and refreshing, and I believe it's a biblical thing, but there's something wrong with our relationship with God if we've got to start over again and reset again every Sunday. That's not biblical at all. I believe with all of my heart the intention of God is for us to grow from faith to faith. It's the intention of God that we leave behind, not that we stop believing in the things of repentance like the Bible says, but we move on from it so that we're not caught in the cyclical, uh, constant going back and repenting over old sins that we've never Overcame, And that we've never gotten victory over. And that we've never had faith enough in God and his power to, to give us help to overcome. I believe it's the will of God that we move beyond that. That's not to say that you'll never have to ask God for forgiveness again. But you shouldn't be caught in the maelstrom of the same things over and over again. Somewhere along the way you got to grow out of that. Somewhere along the way, you got to get to the place that you don't want just the milk, but you want the meat so that you can receive what you need to receive so that you can grow. And that starts with being faithful to the house of God. It's hard to grow when you don't come to the table and get what you need to eat. It's hard to receive when you find every excuse in the book. I'm going to tell you, if if a person loves the Lord, if a person really has a desire to serve God, they'll want to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. And it doesn't take somebody condemning them to get here. It doesn't take somebody always beating them over the head to get here. But out of love, it should motivate you to want to come to the house of God. And the same with your worship. When you get here, nobody ought to have to prod you along or encourage you or say the right thing, sing the right song so that you worship God. But you should have some built-in love for God that says, you know, after all, He saved me. He blessed me. He's been good to me. I don't have to have somebody to preach me up. Amen. I got enough right now with what God has done for me to want to clap my hands, to want to rejoice and to want to worship and to want to magnify God. Praise the Lord. I don't need a whole lot of inspiration. I got all the inspiration just by the testimony that I have. Anybody been healed? Anybody been delivered? Anybody been set free? Anybody know what it is to be blood washed? Anybody thankful for Calvary? Anybody appreciative that you're not the man or the woman that you used to be? There you go. That's all the inspiration that you need to praise the Lord. Amen. And how can he do more for me when I'm not thankful of what he's already done. A good indication that something is askewed in my life is when I'm never satisfied. And I, and I understand the concept of not being satisfied. It probably satisfied is not the word, content is, is a better word to use because that's more biblical. The Bible says that Paul makes a statement I found whatsoever state that I'm in, therewith to be content. But yet there is a man that is always reaching and always pursuing and always praying for more of God and that he may know God. So he wasn't satisfied in his spiritual, to be spiritually status quo or that I've reached the plateau and this is where I want to stay. He never got to that point because we we do know the natural laws of growth that once you stop growing, you start dying. And, and, and a tree reaches a, a place where it grows to, and it stops bearing fruit and it doesn't go anymore in, in, in its ability to to grow and to bud and to blossom and, and it begins to deteriorate. And a lot of times it does it from the inside out. And I'm going to tell you that's exactly how it is with every saint of God that is dying. It, it, before it ever shows up exteriorly, before you could ever see it, any clues of it on the outside, I promise you there's things that is going on within. A friend of mine had a, a a large tree that that they had done some construction work in the area and damaged the root system, but he said the next, he was concerned about it. He said, but the next year it bloomed out, everything looked fine. He said the following spring after that, two years after the construction, he said it it did not bud out and it did not blossom. And he he called a, A tree doctor out there and and said what's going on with this and and he said well, he said back last spring it was really in a bad shape though you couldn't see it. But he said if we was to drill into this tree you'll find that there's death that has already claimed this tree. It's already dying from the inside working its way out. A lot of times that happens with with a, a large tree, death or sometimes or di- some type of disease, if you want to say it that way, gets inside the core of that tree and begins to work, and and it may keep continue to uh, to try to try to overcome it and and go on and on and on. They see this with the redwoods out in California, that uh, somewhere back there, many years before there was a wound or there was some type of infliction upon the tree, maybe a Maybe a fire that got out of hand and a wildfire caused a scar on the tree or there was a a, a period of disease or maybe it was a drought that caused a a, a significant wound within and and before long uh, the tree, though it struggles for several years, sometimes many, many years, uh, it never really fully overcame that particular wound and it never become... Uh, able to, 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 to heal from it. And as a result, uh, the tree topples. And, and this giant redwood that looks so formidable is brought to the forest floor. How does that happen? Because something within was not taken care of way back there. Can I tell you that it's so important to, that we stay connected to God. And you, you can go a while and fool people You can go a while and fool uh, your contemporaries and people around you and and, uh, maybe even put on the dog and and maybe even worship and and it seemed like everything's okay. But only you and God knows if the connection has been broken. Only you and God knows if the prayer life is where it needs to be. Only you and God knows if there's been some kind of wound upon your faith, if there's been some type of... uh, place in your life that you're you're struggling with that you haven't overcame sooner or later if that connection is broke then you'll you'll not be able to survive and have the strength to continue on a good friend of mine was was trying to uh, teach his boy a little object lesson something about working on cars and, and uh boy's car he just started driving not too long ago and his his car was having problems starting and then pretty soon they woke up one morning and it was dead of course the natural thing was to check the battery connection and checked it It looked like it was strong but then the battery was was bad was the next next step and so he he said he went down and purchased a new battery and brought it back and he said okay son I'm going to teach you how to install this thing and uh, case this ever happens in the future you'll know how to do it and and so they got it all set in there and, and cranked it down he said he was in there busting his knuckles trying you know these cars nowadays everything's so tight in there and he was trying to get it uh, all tightened up and uh, he said yeah that, that's good enough I got it and he said uh, a couple of days later his son called him and said hey the car is doing the same thing it won't start and so he went over and he said well then, deal is I'll have to get the receipt and take the battery back. It's no doubt a bad battery. He didn't ever think that his installation job might have been in question. He never started with that, but he, he it has to be a bad battery. And so he said, went over there, popped the hood, and when I looked down, he said I could see where that battery cable had through... The couple of days of dry, driving because it wasn't tight, and it had worked its way loose, and it wasn't even connected to the battery post. And he said it wasn't wasn't that the battery didn't have charge or didn't have power. It was the the connection was not there uh, because of the bumps and the uh, traveling up and down the rough road or whatever. It had shaken loose, and uh, I'm going to tell you. That's just the way it is in our relationship with God. There's a road that we're traveling down. It's got bumps in it. It's got times when, when life's going to jar you. And if you don't have a tight connection with the things of God and a relationship with God, and if you're not working on that being, being secure and tight like it needs to be, uh, there's, gonna be there's definitely going to be uh, a point that you're going to be shaken loose. The Bible said everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and only the things that are not are going to remain, and I want to be one of those that remain. I want to be one of those that is stable. I don't want to be up and down and inconsistent, but God, help me to keep my connection. Help me to keep my faith in you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. So with this concept of subduing kingdoms and understanding that the enemy, uh, he doesn't want to give up. He doesn't want to relent. He doesn't want to yield territory that he's already taken. If he has control of you in a certain area, then you do understand that, that you're going to have to, through the power of the Holy Ghost and through faith, In Jesus Christ, you're going to have to to overcome that. And so often, let me explain this. When a child of God, the reason why sometimes they find certain things more difficult to overcome than when they first came to God, when they first came into the church. You know, you ever wondered how that people come in to the church and receive the Holy Ghost at first? And it seems like habits and problems and vices and addictions and all of that, I mean immediately. Their their cravings and their desires and those addictions, they, they completely go away. And uh, many, many, many people that I've talked to have that testimony. You know, I came, I had a desire to do these things. I had dependencies and I had habits. and, and uh, But after... After I came to God and really repented and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I never had a desire to do that uh, from that point on. And uh, I was not as tempted. and It didn't take me six months to overcome it. It didn't take me a year to overcome it. And yet we see people that come back and pick that back up again, and it's quite a struggle, it seems, for them to overcome it the second time. And it's, it's a problem for them to, to tear down that stronghold in their life. Why is that? Well, the Bible gives us an illustration of what happens when the devil is evicted from a house. And he finds uh, that he goes out, the Bible said he goes out and walks in dry places seeking rest. And then he comes back and says, just by chance, if I could make entry back, into this house if I could get my foot back in the door and when he comes back and he finds it cleaned and garnished and nothing has replaced him then he says hey fellas this is better than it was the first time and he brings seven worse than him along with him and the last state of that man is worse than the first the Bible says. And so we understand that it's so important that when God gives us victory, that we hold that ground. When God gives us overcoming power in an area, that we, that we saturate that boundary with prayer. And we keep faith alive in our lives. And that we make sure that we don't allow ourselves uh, uh, the pleasure of Uh, of of giving in to those temptations. We don't allow this flesh to yield to the attempt of the enemy to get his foot back in the door, as it were. If you've overcame bitterness in your life, the last thing you need to do is hang around bitter people. If you've overcame uh, some areas of offense in your life, the last thing you need to do is be linked up and friends with offended people in your life. And you can apply that to any area of your life. You, you, you need to evaluate and say, you know what, whom am I fellowshipping with? Are they, are they helping and encouraging my faith or are they depleting my faith? Because faith is something that has to be defended. Faith is something that has to be contended for, the Bible says. Faith is something that we have got to, and we have the responsibility to keep alive in our lives. Amen. And so it's my responsibility once I get a hold of some things to not let go of it. And I'm going to be tested, but I've got to hold on by faith. I'm going to be tempted at times, but I'm going to hold on by faith. I'm not going to give in to that. I'm not going to yield to that. I'm not going to surrender myself to that because I know the struggle is going to be greater getting victory the second time than it was the first time. So when you lay those things down and you get those things taken care of and you overcome those things through the help of the blood of Jesus don't go back and pick it up again. Don't go back and yield to it again, and the way that you do that is watch whom you're running with and run with folks that encourage your faith and run with folks that are going to inspire your faith. Keep yourself around those that, that are positive for your relationship with God. I don't know why. It is so difficult for people to understand that concept. I mean, it's very, very easy for us to grasp and to get a hold of. And uh, I've said it many, many times, but, but, but spirits connect without there being any verbal communication a lot of times. And so you have to evaluate, what is drawing me? What is compelling me to connect with these individuals and people that are always down about something. That are always talking negatively about something. What is what is compelling me to want to run with people that are involved in sin? Now I'm not talking about us witnessing to folks and dealing with people in that way and interacting with people in that way. But you understand that's at a different standpoint. We're we're going out as children of God and we're witnessing to them. I'm not talking about. I'm, I'm talking about your deep level friendships where you're. You're you're on common ground. You're you're in a parallel situation with that individual. And you're you're not trying to, to help them up, but they're pulling you down to their level, in other words. And if you're not the influencer, then you need to break away from that. You need to overcome that and realize that I cannot allow that to get its foothold back in my life again. Because in doing so, I'm only putting myself in danger. I'm only putting myself in a situation of being weaker when it's all said and done. And then allowing the enemy to have inroads into my life that he, I need to cut those things off. I'm not getting many amens here, but that's okay. It's still the truth. And it's still right. I said it's still right. And matter of fact, it's in the word of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And to subdue things in our life, the Bible says, well, let's just read it. It's over there in Mark chapter number three and verse 27. The Bible says, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he will first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. In other words, we can't take we can't take new things. We can't achieve and take from the enemy and see greater things in God and people. That let's let's put it on the level where where, where souls are concerned in this city and this region. We want to see as many of them taken from the grip of the enemy. In the influence of the enemy and come to God and serve God and live for God. In other words, we want to plunder the enemy. We want to, as we sing sometimes, go down to the enemy's camp and take back souls and lives and people that need to be serving God, backsliders that need to be serving God, people that are away from God, people that have never met God, never, never experienced this beautiful truth. We want to see them saved. And the only way that we can achieve that is to bind the strong man. The only way that can happen, the only way we can do that is to take authority over the spirit that is controlling them and to have more power than the enemy has in their life. Amen. I know we don't see it as much anymore, but I still believe that the name of Jesus and faith in the name of Jesus has the power to cast out demons. That possess people's lives. Amen. And we're dealing with much more sophisticated spirits here in America than ever before. But I have been in church services here in America. Not just overseas. It certainly happens more frequently overseas. But but I've been in services in, in America where the devil get agitated. and, 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 and Because... Uh, he was inhabiting a, a certain individual or person in the church and you get to preaching and that thing you know what i found is you cannot you cannot cast that spirit out until it comes to the surface it's got to get disturbed and sometimes i wonder if our services are as intense as they should be so that the devil would get upset so that he could His apple cart as we like to say Could be upset a little bit And so he'd recognize I'm not comfortable here anymore The Bible says that when Jesus went to church The spirit cried out I'm believing if we get Jesus and his presence Into this place in such a strong way The spirits of hell would not be comfortable The spirit of lust would not be comfortable The spirit of fornication would not be comfortable The spirit of addiction would not be comfortable The spirit of bitterness would not be comfortable Would not be comfortable. Those overpowering spirits of hell. That suppress people in their faith. And that spirit of doubt. Would not be comfortable. When the spirit of God is moving and flowing. In a place. Amen. Praise God. So it's our job to pray. And to seek God. And have faith in God. To the level that we need to. So that that spirit is not comfortable here. And we have to be. You know, when you when you say things like this, you have to be very careful to to um, really lay it out and and to help people to understand what we're driving at. We're we're not enemies with any person. We're not attacking personalities. We're not after individuals. When we're saying uh, when when these things are identified, we've got to be able to separate. The spirit that is influencing a person from the soul, and the person that needs salvation—you got to be able to separate the two, because—and that's where discretion is needed, and that's where wisdom is needed, and that's where people, uh, you know, that's where trust is needed. If if people feel like that that uh, you're going to talk about them negatively when they come with their problems, why would they reveal their problems? Why would they even have the courage to come down here and open up and say, I, I got a need if they feel like that people's going to look down on them and judge them and point their finger, wag their finger, and say, You know, look at them. They obviously got some big time problems. The only way that we can be trusted to help people is that there be uh, a confidence that when I come here, there's 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 enough love, there's enough concern, and there's enough power in this place for me to get victory over this thing and to overcome this thing, and I don't have to worry about anybody going out of here and saying, well look at them, they're they're falling apart. Look at them, they must have a real problem, or look at them, uh, they got delivered from thus and so, and they they must have really been bad off before the Lord did that for them. I'm gonna tell you, if we're being the church that we need to be. There's going to be some things that people come in here bound by and restricted by and problems in their life that we can either shun away from it and shun them or we can face off with the devil and say, Hey, we have power over that. We have authority over that. Through the name of Jesus, we're going to subdue that. Come on, this is a hospital. And if a nurse or a doctor walks out of a hospital and shares the business of its patients uh, with somebody else, they lose their license, they lose their right to, to help anybody. i want to tell you, if we're going to be able to help anybody and have the power to help anybody, if God's going to anoint us to help anybody, we've got to have discretion. We've got to have wisdom in how we deal with people. can't have the attitude, well, did you see them? Did you hear them? Did you smell them? Come on, let's, let's get down where we're living here. Did you smell what was on them? Well, yeah, it smells like a sinner to me that needs help, and they wouldn't be here unless they need help. And I'm not just talking about vagrants and, and they need a place to. And we're for them and we're working for them. And believe me, we'll do everything we can to help them. But you know what? Just because somebody drives up in a nice car and they live in a nice home doesn't mean they don't have problems and they may not be addicted. The prescription drug addiction is out of control in America. People, sex addictions and pornography, it's out of control in America. That's right. I'm going to tell you you'd be appalled at how many professionals have big time problems. Maybe you wouldn't be, but I think most of you are aware and have at least been around enough to see that there's big time problems in our world and it's not just it's not just the people that sometimes that we 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 say well that that problem pertains to only them. And that's only something that they're struggling with. But I tell you, I tell you that it, it exists everywhere and at every level. It doesn't matter what strata of life that you are. If you're without God, there's problems there, there's difficulty, there's challenges there, there's there's issues there that God has to help us with. We need the help of God. People deserve a chance at God. They need they need to have a chance to come to an altar and through faith. Through faith in God, and so we have to have the power to bind that strong man. Because if they had the power, they wouldn't be here, folks. If they could handle it on their own, they they wouldn't they wouldn't come. But it's bigger than they are. And the Bible said, if one could put a thousand to flight, two put ten. You see the exponential power of a church getting together. You know, in the universe, there are certain stars that are out there that are so dense, much more dense than our planet. And you know the gravity that is in our planet is a pretty phenomenal thing. You know, we try to defy it, especially us. In our youth, when we try to play basketball or something, we try to defy it. But we're all reminded that gravity is real. If you don't believe me, go out of this place and, and uh, slip, on a, slip a place on the parking lot out there. Unless you catch yourself, chances are you're going to fall. And great is going to be the fall of it. And it's going to hurt because of gravity. But they tell me that there are certain planets or certain stars that are out there in the galaxy that are so dense that the gravitational pull is much more powerful than right here on this planet. And it's that density, because it is so dense and so much more dense than the earth, that's what causes the power to be so strong that it can pull other planets out of its place or out of its orbit or whatever you want to say, into its own. And that's where the whole concept of the black hole comes from, and, and the gravitational pull of, of planets like that is because there is a there's a gravitational pull that is there that is so strong, strong because of the density of that planet well I'm going to tell you if we're going to have the pool that we need here to pull people out of sin because sin is a very strong thing I remind you addiction is a very strong thing I remind you sin and its power over people is a very strong thing and in the kingdom of darkness it is a kingdom. So it's somewhat formidable. I'm not saying that there's not power that is greater. I'm just simply saying that none of us by ourselves are a match for it. And so we're going to have to become so dense and concentrated with the power of God, uh, with, with, with the anointing of God and the favor of God that it pulls the lost. It pulls them out of darkness uh, Amen. Is that what the Scripture says? He called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Oh, I'm going to tell you, there's a there's a pull, there's a call from God that is so strong. It can pull people out of sin. You know what I'm talking about. You remember the first time that you received that pull of conviction upon your heart. I want to see conviction in this church that draws people out of sin and out of their brokenness and out of their lives that are in turmoil and Brings them into a place of hope and brings them into a place of their lives being restored and built up again. It's not going to happen just by having a a, a superficial, shallow, lightweight relationship with God. But it's going to become it's going to become possible through people really developing a strong, dense. I mean that in the word of, of 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 getting as much as you can, and and receiving as much as you can. No no place for vacancy in my life. I'm not I'm not I'm not a double-minded person, but I'm stalwart, and I've got my mind made up to live for God. Is that how you feel? That's the kind of thing that's going to pull down strongholds. That's the kind of thing that's going to subdue kingdoms. That's the kind of thing that's going to change amen and make an impact on people's lives. why don't you lift up your hands with me as we stand and let's worship the Lord Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You know, while those men were standing and stoning, and Paul, Saul at that time, was holding the coats while they were stoning Stephen. I don't know the exact terminology that is used there, but it says something that they they were astonished at his... Words, the spirit of his words. You know, it's possible to say the right thing and still not have the right spirit, right? But there's something about when you got the spirit matching the words. When you got the right spirit, that's something that's gonna pull people and move people, and and it even saw this old hardened person that was persecuting the church at that time, and he was. He was so hard-hearted, he could stand there and almost in entertainment watch them as they were stoning this Holy Ghost-filled man. And he was moved by that. He never got away from that as evidence of that later in his life and in his writings. But it was the Spirit and the Word. And and the Bible says that when they were doing this, the thing that astonished them the most is he said, Lord, don't don't lay this to their charge. Don't don't allow them to receive. He still had a spirit, an attitude of of being Christ-like and being forgiving and being kind even when things were getting very intense against him. I'm going to tell you, pressure reveals contents a lot of times. You get pressure on something. You can tell what's on the inside of it. God help us. I'm going to tell you, this old world's heating up, isn't it, folks? And, 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 and anger and rage is in our world like I've never seen it in my lifetime. And I know I'm not as old as many of you, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a teeny bopper no more either. And I can feel it every day. But I can tell you, this world is heating up. And you know what it's going to reveal? It's going to reveal the true church. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. And that's what needs to come out in these circumstances. And opportunities need to arise in our lives so that we can be a witness. We can be a witness of Him. Amen. If you want to be used of the Lord, I want you to lift up your hands right now. I want you to pray with me. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be used of you, Lord. I want to be directed of you. God, I pray, Lord, that you could touch my life and anoint my life to be what you would desire me to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. But again, he's going to empower those that he can trust.